The Chicago Bears preseason finale against the Buffalo Bills gave us a longer look at Justin Fields and Tyson Bagent, but I don't think the box score that we saw ended up telling the whole story. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On the show today... We review what we saw from Justin Fields and Tyson Bagent in this final preseason game and sort of the full preseason analysis across the spectrum from the three games, well, I guess two games of Fields, but three games of preseason action for the quarterbacks and what we learned, where we're seeing progress and where we want to see more progress. Then we'll check in on Travis Gibson following his trade request and the defensive end position battle overall with Terrell Lewis and how many guys there end up making the 53-man roster. We'll wrap up looking at Bayless Jones and Tyler Scott and what's happening really with the bottom of the 53-man roster at wide receiver and the kick returner spot and whether the big game from Tyler Scott could be enough to unseat Bayless Jones not only from the return job, but maybe his 53-man roster spot altogether. I want to start with the quarterbacks, though, because you know we saw three passes from Justin Fields in the very first game. We didn't see him at all against the Colts. It's been a very limited showing so far. And we got to see not a ton against the Bills, but a little bit more. Six pass attempts instead of three and a number of other plays beyond that. It felt like, you know, a little bit more. It's still a very, very small sample size from Fields. But, you know, the box score scouts are going to say two of six for 51 yards, a total of a 65.3 passer rating. And say, oh, you know, there he goes. He's not very good. He's not making progress or whatever. And I think that's a little bit disingenuous. I don't think the box score tells the whole story, especially when it comes to Tyson Bagent, who we'll get to in a moment here. But for Fields, I think the bigger issue for me, and again, I'm really trying not to hyperanalyze or overanalyze. This is preseason, right? He is going against an opponent that they didn't really do a ton of like game planning for. Like Fields said, the the slot fade that he threw in the third down, the first third down to DJ Moore, like Luke Getze decided before the game, first third down, we're going to throw that slot fade. Like that's not how you're going to approach it in a regular season game. To some extent, the Bears were trying different things out just to sort of stretch their muscles, a little, stretch their legs, stretch their arms a little bit, like kind of experiment here and there. This was not like putting Justin Fields in the best position to win games. It was trying some things out and testing some different things and seeing how they work so far. So it's not like a, one-to-one translatable, this is what it's going to be when the regular season comes around. But that being said, I was a little bit disappointed in a couple of the key 
growth areas that we were looking for Justin Fields to take a step forward. And in just one or two examples in this game, because there weren't very many, so it's very small sample size, not to say that he hasn't made progress in the areas, but I wanted to see a little bit more growth. And it's not to say that, therefore, he hasn't grown. It's just here was an example to show us it, and he hasn't shown it just yet. You know, the first incompletion, when he throws it low to Cole Komet at his feet, you know, that's a quick three-step drop curl route that he's struggled with in the past. And I wanted to see that whole process speed up. But when you go back and watch that play, he drops back, hitches. You can even see in his hands, like he kind of pats the ball before he decides to wind up and throw it. And that ball is late. It needs to be out a good half a second to a full second sooner. Like before Cole Komet is facing the quarterback, ball's got to be out and on him. And that hasn't, in this game, in that play, it wasn't sped up enough from fields. And I want to see him speed that up. That's one of the things we want to see from him this offseason. Haven't quite seen it yet. And then the other thing from that game was that he left the pocket too early on at least one play and I think maybe two where he's dropping back to pass. The offensive line with the backups in there for fields did a decent job when you had two starters on the left side. Like they were not perfect. They were not amazing, but like they were good enough. And there was at least one play and I think two off the top of my head where fields was standing there and then scrambles out of the pocket before anybody on the offensive line had been beaten. Like he had more time to hang in the pocket and he was still too quick to leave the pocket. And for me, that was the other area that I wanted to see more progress from fields, feel the pocket a little bit smarter, right? Hang in there longer when you can, but then don't hold on to the ball too long when the pressure is there. And he's still trying to fine tune when he should leave the pocket and extend the play, when he can stay in the pocket and extend the play, when he needs to get the ball out quickly and when he can hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Wanted to see more from him in that area. Jury's not out yet. Very small sample size. Not panicking, not throwing up the bust flag by any means, but let's keep an eye on those things as we enter the regular season. Quickly on Tyson Bajant. He went 7 of 14 for 43 yards and a pick. A 26.8 passer rating. Sounds bad. I thought he had a great game, to be honest with you. He played really, really well. He had... Two passes that were clean drop passes. A third one where it was caught by the receiver and then he got hit really hard by the safety and the ball popped out incomplete. So like all three of those were accurate passes that should have been completions for him. One of those drop passes was in the end zone by the tight end Steven Carlson. Should have been a 26-yard touchdown added to his box score. Very next play is the interception, which if the touchdown had been caught, the interception wouldn't have been on the box score either. And even on the interception, it's a slant flat to that side of the field. The receiver's route was cut off by the slot defender, ran into him. I think that should be a penalty, but even if it's not a penalty, it's not Tyson Bajan's fault. That was the, I think he made the right decision and the right read on that play, but ultimately the cornerback played it differently, literally ran into the wide receiver so he couldn't get to the place where he was supposed to catch the ball. The cornerback got there instead and picked it off. Not panicking at all, not concerned at all really from anything I saw from Tyson Bajan. A couple of low passes on the run, whatever. I'm not, not panicking about that. Plus he looked good with his legs. I was really impressed with Bajant once again in this game. If you want to see those plays that I'm talking about there, I put together a video breakdown with every Fields and Bajant throw from the preseason game against the Bills. It's available exclusively to members of the Locked on Bears subtext group. It's $4.99 a month and it gets you exclusive content like that, plus a direct line to text me to ask any Bears questions, to have Bears conversations, to keep the conversation going beyond the podcast. If you want to join up, the website is joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBears. It'll get you access to all of our all-22 film breakdowns, all of our data and charting from the Bears, 
throughout the course of the season and so many more goodies. We're going to do some exclusive Q&As and stuff throughout the season. So join subtext.com slash locked on bears if you want to hear. It's about a 20-minute breakdown of every throw from both of those two quarterbacks in this preseason game. So you can see exactly where you wanted to see more growth from fields and where the concerns really, I don't think, are there for Tyson Bajan at this point. Join subtext.com slash locked on bears to check that out. During the game, a trade request was reported, didn't happen during the game, but was reported during the game from Travis Gibson, who I thought had another great game. And it really complicates the defensive end battle here. I want to check in on that trade request, what that could, put that could, I guess, provide or produce is the word I was looking for there. What it means for Terrell Lewis and the rest of the defensive ends on this depth chart. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. We're in August, and that means the start of the fantasy football season is right around the corner. And if you want to get championship ready for your home fantasy football league or your work league or however, wherever you play, you got to check out Underdog Fantasy's best ball because it's a great way to get some practice. What you do is one live snake draft, and then that's it. That's your team. Underdog will set your best lineup every week just based on whoever performs, whether they're your bench or your starters, you'll just get your best handful of players will get count as your points. So there's no waivers. There's no trades. It's just based on how good the team is that you drafted. You can try it out with underdogs, best ball mania tournament that has up to $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million. That'll go to the winner. Again, all you do draft a team and whoever drafts the best team is going to get your share of $15 million. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with your promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Pretty strange that during the first quarter of the game, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that the Chicago Bears have granted Travis Gibson permission to request a trade. And when it's worded like that, it's easy to kind of forget. Like that means Travis Gibson asked the Bears if they could trade him and they gave his agent permission then to go to other teams and negotiate and say, hey, do you want Travis Gibson? The Bears are interested, right? Instead of the Bears going around and shopping him, they're saying, go ahead, Gibson's agent, go offer him up to other teams and see what kind of interest you can drum up for this player. That would seem to indicate that if the Bears are willing to grant Gibson permission to seek a trade, then of course, then that means they are willing to trade him under some circumstances for some amount of return on investment, which would also further indicate that if they're willing to trade him, then they're probably not planning on keeping him on the 53-man roster, which also probably means they will have very little leverage to trade him. But I still think Travis Gibson could and should have some minuscule amount of trade value. Certainly, the Bears are not going to get any kind of premium draft pick for Travis Gibson. He is a former fifth-round pick himself, Yes, he's been a starter. Yes, he had a seven-sack season. He is not worthless on the trade market, but is not going to command any sort of significant trade value. I think the Bears at this point are sitting there saying, okay, we were planning on probably releasing this guy. If we can get anything from any other team in exchange for him, that would be better than the nothing that we were going to get if we just released him outright at the 53-man roster cutdown days. And I think all the other 31 teams know that as well. So no one's going to come to the Bears and say, all right, here's a fifth round pick. Here's, here's a, a fourth round pick. No, this is going to be a seventh round pick or a conditional seventh round pick 
or perhaps a swap of seventh round picks. You know, you trade, although the Bears seventh round pick may be more valuable. So it's kind of a tricky, a tricky game there. But maybe like you trade Gibson and a seven for someone else's sixth, you know, something like that, where you gain some sort of really small draft value for another team to have basically the, the first dibs at Gibson, because the incentive for another team to trade for Travis Gibson is to say, okay, we want him, but we're concerned that if, if we don't trade for him, he's going to get waived and some other team is going to be able to get him before we can. And we see it as worthwhile then to trade for him as little trade capital as possible to get him on our roster and not let anybody else get him. So that's why another team might be interested and don't rule out the possibility of just a straight up player for player trade swap there. Like if there's another team that says, Hey, we were going to cut this linebacker. We were going to cut this center, this offensive lineman, you know, some position where the bears have had injuries and could use more depth. They'll say, Hey, we were going to cut this guy anyway. Let's trade the guy. We were going to cut to the bears for a player. They were going to cut. So then we both are getting rid of guys. We were planning on getting rid of anyway. And we're grabbing a guy that we actually wanted and don't have to compete for other teams. We've already seen, I think, at least one trade around the NFL where there was a player for player swap between two teams for two players that they were going to cut anyway. So that's well within the realm of possibility here for Travis Gibson. I would think given that he had another strip sack against the Buffalo Bills and has looked pretty strong, certainly in the first preseason game and the last preseason game, maybe a little quieter in the second one, but like between the experience of the, of what we've seen on film in the past, plus doing still well in the preseason, I, I would think that some other team out there would want to take a chance on a 26-year-old edge rusher. I still think the Bears should keep Travis Gibson. I think he's one of their five best defensive ends at this point, and I, I would keep him over Terrell Lewis. I think Gibson has played better than Terrell Lewis. I think Gibson has more experience than Terrell Lewis. And I think if you cut Terrell Lewis, who's had some flashes of his own and has, has shined at moments in the preseason, if you cut Terrell Lewis... I'm pretty sure he's going to clear waivers. I don't think any team is going to cut Terrell Lewis and roster him based on just what we've seen this preseason. I mean, he was a free agent throughout all of last year and ended up on the Bears practice squad at the end of the year. It's not like there was this big demand for Terrell Lewis that everybody wanted to get him on their 53-man roster last year. And the Bears, you know, what's the word? Not snuck him up, sucked him up. But then the Bears, Bears grabbed him up. I can't think of the word. I'm totally lost in 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 my phrasing right now. But, you know, the Bears snatched him up. That's the word I was looking for. The Bears snatched him up. No, he was just sitting out there. The Bears took a chance on him when no one else was taking a chance on him. And again, he's looked good. But the fact that there wasn't a big demand for him it's not, means that there's not going to be a big demand for him again, even after a couple of nice plays in the preseason. That doesn't help that I thought he was pretty quiet against the Buffalo Bills. I think he might have had like one pressure in there. It's worth noting the Bears brought him in with the starters. So Unique Ngakwe and Rasheem Green started the game at defensive end. The first DE off the bench, I believe, was Terrell Lewis. I saw him on the field on the opening drive. Perhaps Robinson had also been in the game at some point, but like when when Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Jalen Johnson, and all the other starters were on the field, Terrell Lewis got snaps with that defense. To me, that's some sort of indication of the Bears liking him and wanting to see more of what he could do. Whereas, you know, Gibson didn't come in until later after that. And Robinson was rotated in around that same time. So I, I think, I, I do think things are boding well for Terrell Lewis. I think if I were the general manager of this team, I would take my chances and let him go to the practice squad. And I'd keep Travis Gibson as my fifth defensive end if I'm going to keep five defensive ends. A number of Bears fans have called for the team to release Rasheem Green. 
he again started this game and left when all the other starters left. I just don't think the Bears are looking to cut Rasheem Green at this stage of the process. I was just going to double check. He ended up playing a few more snaps than the rest of the starters. You know, certainly they took Ngakwe out after the first drive. Gibson played another couple of drives there. Sorry, Green played another couple of drives there. But like for all three preseason games, they've treated him like a starting player. I don't think they're going to just cut a guy that they are treating like a starting player throughout this process, even though I would. I don't think he's played well at all. I don't think he justifies the 53-man roster spot, but I predict they view him a lot higher than we do on the outside. So I think Ngakwe, Walker, Green, Robinson are your four locks on the 53-man roster. Maybe they'll keep Lewis as a fifth, but Gibson's as good as gone. But maybe you at least get some kind of draft pick or, or compensation for Travis Gibson. But I would keep Gibson. I'd honestly, I'd cut Green, and I'd, I'd go Ngakwe, Walker, Gibson, Robinson as my four defensive ends on the 53-man roster. But I don't think the Bears will ultimately end up taking that same approach. I'm also curious to see what they do at wide receiver, particularly when it comes to the kick returner job and Valus Jones. He didn't play against the Bills, didn't play against the Colts, but do you give up on a rookie third-round pick after just one full season with your team? It's a, it's a tough spot here, and I don't I think the performance that we saw from Tyler Scott against the Bills made this a lot more complicated. We'll go through some of the different factors in that decision next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is an app. It's a great way to get your hands on tickets for any sorts of live events around you. We're talking about sports, music, comedy, theater, you name it. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. I love Game Time because... You know, you're coming up on a weekend, right? Maybe this past weekend, you're like, oh, I don't have plans Saturday. You can pop up the app and just see, oh, hey, I didn't know this band was going to be in town. Or I didn't know, hey, I didn't know this theater was doing that show or this comedian is in town. Like, it's a great way to just discover stuff that's going on, but then also know that you're going to get a great deal and you're going to be able to find great seats. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. It feels like there shouldn't be a, a possibility that the Bears cut Bayless Jones after just one full season as a third round pick. But man, Tyler Scott's performance against the Bills sure makes it feel like it would be easy to, that you're not really going to miss much. Like conventional wisdom would say, listen, you, he was a disappointment last season, disappointed in the one preseason game. Like there has not been a ton of super redeeming qualities for Valus Jones. There's no really like defending, oh, well, but he did this or he did that. Like, I mean, he's fast. He has traits, certainly, but like on-field performance has consistently disappointed from Bayless Jones. There's there's no there's no sugarcoating that. But do you cut him after one year? I mean, certainly when you scouted him, you being the Bears, right? When you scouted him at Tennessee and felt good enough to take him with a third round pick, you saw something in him that you're like, man, if we can just get him here and work on this, we can build him into that. Right? You have a vision for what Bayless Jones could become in the NFL. Is 
12, well, 12 months plus, a, what, three more since the draft last year. So 15, 16, is 16 months with him enough time for you to definitively say, no, he's never going to be that. We tried and we got to give up. We got to, we got to pass on that pass on this and take the L and say, yep, sorry, we got this one wrong. That's, it's my bad. We, you know, we, we thought it would work, thought it was smart, but ultimately admit your mistake. And I, I do think Ryan Poles, you want to see your general manager admit their mistakes to say, you know what, we got this one wrong and we're not going to hold on to this for too long and try and make it happen when it just isn't going to happen. But it doesn't feel like one full season is enough time to definitively say without a doubt, this is not going to work. It certainly feels like it's a low percentage chance that it's going to work, but you would absolutely hate to cut Bayless Jones now, have him go to another team and maybe not even this season, but a year from now, all of a sudden kickoff return touchdown for that team or screen pass that he takes 75 yards downfield for that team. Like we know Bayless Jones is never going to develop into like a number one wide receiver, right? I mean, I think at this point that feels pretty definitive. Like he can still have a role potentially. I mean, you could see him be a screen guy, a vertical guy, maybe a gadget guy who no doubt has game breaking speed. Like he, he is a dynamic athlete and you do want to find ways to get the ball in his hands. And I, I do think he has value in some way, shape, or form there. But it's tough because that's sort of like untapped potential that's like future value because he's not really doing it right now. And you compare that to what we saw against the Buffalo Bills where Tyler Scott is doing that right now. Had a big kickoff return that was almost a touchdown and uh, certainly shows you that top flight speed there. He fair caught a couple of difficult punts there, which is something Bayless Jones has struggled to do. Like, it seems like already Tyler Scott is equal to or better at both return jobs, comparatively, to Bayless Jones. And so if Tyler Scott's a better option as a return man and you want to start Tyler Scott there, what is Bayless Jones's value to your roster right now? Because Tyler Scott is more of a, a more polished receiver at this point. He's still raw, I think, but has shown more as a receiver in college, more of a, like a true wide receiver, whereas Vegas Jones is more of like an athletic weapon there. Scott has not run a full route tree in college. Like he's still developing his route running, but like in terms of experience and what he's been able to do at that spot, like Tyler Scott is more of a wide receiver right now than Vegas Jones. And Tyler Scott is a, an equal or better returner in both aspects than Vegas Jones. So do you keep Vegas Jones on the 53-man roster purely for the ability to keep trying to develop him, knowing that he's, he's probably not going to contribute that much this year because Tyler Scott can do everything he can do better for the most part. Like, of course, Velas Jones is bigger and I think stronger. And there's like, again, there's still a lot to like from Velas Jones. I don't think he's a lost cause or a guy who's going to be totally out of the NFL tomorrow. But if he's not making, if Tyler Scott could do what he better, what he could do right now, then do you use a whole roster spot for a guy just to develop him? I mean, it's kind of the Alex Leatherwood question at the same time, except, you know, at least in this case, like Velas Jones has been hurt. So like it, what I would do if I were the Bears is could you get away with putting Velas Jones on injured reserve? You know, he he's hurt. He's missed the last two preseason games. Stick him on IR as a way to not cut him, but not have to have him on the 53 man roster. To me, that would be ideal at this point. I wouldn't rule out considering a trade there just to get, you know what I mean? Maybe you say, okay, rather than just like cut him and give up on him, if a team would give you something more than a Travis Gibson trade, you know, a fifth round pick, 
or something. I mean, I would cons- I would listen to trade offers for Valus Jones if some team wanted to give that a try for sure. But I just can't justify cutting him outright. Give me some kind of trade compensation or st- sash him on IR feels ideal. Ke- keeping him on the roster is certainly doable. You know, you can, yeah, you could use a roster spot for a guy like that, but I just don't think giving up on him for nothing at this stage is, is smart decision-making. After this season, you know, he does nothing this year, doesn't get better next year. Yeah, okay. I, like, I just want to give the guy two years, I think, as a third-round pick. Give him a couple years. Doesn't need to give him all four. Doesn't have to give him the whole rookie contract before you decide whether he's good or not. But if you go two full seasons without progress, that's enough. But one full season, hey, listen, it's tough for any rookie to adjust to the NFL. And, but two full years, then it's like, all right, we've so get sort of a fool me once, fool me twice sort of conversation there. And I think we haven't quite been fooled twice just yet, but it feels like we're on the precipice of being fooled twice. So, but I still want to be fully fooled twice by Velas Jones before I completely give up and say, all right, shame. Is it shame on, I get that big stuff, shame on me or shame on you, but all right, shame on you and move on from that point. So I, I'm really curious to see their decision, the decision for Velas Jones, but we've heard the special teams coach Hightower continue to praise Jones throughout these struggles. The bears have talked highly of Jones. I think they're not ready to give up on him at this stage of the process. I think they're going to keep trying to build his confidence and see what they can squeeze out of him. I'd be curious to hear what you think they should do with Valus Jones, with Tyler Scott, with Travis Gibson, with the backup quarterbacks, with Terrell Lewis. Let us know in the comment section here on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel, or you can tweet us at Lockdown Bears. You can post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group, or you can text me in the Lockdown Bears subtext group, joinsubtext.com slash Lockdown Bears. However you do it, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we love our everydayers that tune in five days a week to grab the Locked On Bears podcast. Come on back tomorrow as we'll put together a Chicago Bears 53-man roster prediction. And honestly, if they make all their roster cuts way ahead of Tuesday's deadline, we can just break down some of the initial cuts there. But we'll try and put together a a 53 here ahead of the final cut-down deadline on Tuesday afternoon. So make sure you come on back for that podcast because then we'll break down the real 53-man roster after that, waiver cuts from other teams that they should try and get after that. And before you know it, we're going to be getting ready for week one against the Green Bay Packers. So lots more podcast breakdowns to come for you in the coming days. So make sure you come on back for your next opportunity to bear down.